When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is People Every Day. Coming up, all of your latest COVID-19 questions answered, including how soon we can expect kids ages 5 to 10 to get the vaccine green light. Plus, Kim Kardashian kills it at SNL. Timothy Chalamet is no hero. And Ben Affleck on the toll the pandemic has taken on his kids. It's October 11th. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Monday. First off, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. My son has off from school, so we're going to do a bit of learning about the original Americans today. My weekend wasn't all that eventful, but that was certainly not the case for Miss Kim Kardashian, who hosted Saturday Night Live for the very first time, despite many non-fans of Kim threatening to boycott the episode. And by most accounts that I've seen, at least. She killed it. She went there in her opening monologue, poking fun at herself, her body, her fame, and her family, but also had some dark jokes about her family's most infamous former friend, O.J. Simpson. Take a listen. You know, my father was and still is such an influence and inspiration to me, and I credit him with really opening up my eyes to racial injustice. It's because of him that I met my first Black person. Want to take a stab in the dark at who it was? Um, I know it's sort of weird to remember the first black person you met, but OJ does leave a mark. Or several. Or none at all. I still don't know. Well, now you can add scripted sketch comedy to her talent list. Uh, well, on a more serious note from this weekend, an ultra marathon in Utah ended in dozens of runners needing to be rescued due to inclement weather. Here to take us into what happened there is People's Deputy Editor, Wendy Noggle. Take it away, Wendy. On Saturday, 87 people had to be rescued when a snowstorm hit an ultra marathon course in northern Utah. When the race kicked off at 5 a.m., competitors expected rain and perhaps a light dusting of snow. But by 7.30, the snow turned heavy with near whiteout conditions and 30-mile-per-hour winds. Runners, some wearing pants and a light jacket, others in shorts and light jackets, had little choice but to continue through the elements to the nearest aid station. The first call for help came at 9.30 a.m., and by 2.45 that afternoon, the Davis County Sheriff's Office and volunteers had safely rescued all the athletes. It was uh, truly whiteout conditions, and um, many of their runners were in some, uh, in some trouble. Though there were some reports of frostbite, no one was seriously injured. This was the first year organizers held the D.C. Peaks 50 race. They spent two years working with the U.S. Forest Service to plot a challenging 50-mile course near Salt Lake City with a vertical gain of nearly 12,000 feet. Ultramarathoning, which is any race longer than a marathon's 26.2 miles, but typically entails a distance of 50 miles or more, is a sport that has gained in popularity in recent years, and some critics argue that the races can turn reckless. In May, for example, 21 runners died while attempting a 62-mile race in China when the weather turned treacherous. 
This time, thankfully, everyone got home safely, and many said they'd happily come back to finish the race next year. Goodness. Well, glad everyone is okay in that situation. Thanks, Wendy. Moving back over to Hollywood, actor Timothy Chalamet is on the new cover of Time magazine ahead of his highly anticipated films Dune, which also stars Zendaya, and then Wonka, the upcoming Willy Wonka origin story. And one thing from his interview that everyone is picking up on is him discussing the career advice he got early on from one of his idols. He says he was told, quote, no hard drugs and no no superhero movies. <laughs> he elaborated, saying that he thinks the secret to his success is, quote, a combination of luck and getting good advice early on in my career not to pigeonhole myself. <laughs> so no capes. Well, an actor who has never pigeonholed himself, Mr. Ben Affleck, and his new movie, The Last Duel with pal Matt Damon, is out this Friday, a period film of epic proportions that has Affleck rocking blonde hair. <laughs> so I'd say a must-see. But People caught up with Affleck at the premiere recently, where he was joined by Ab's bearing girlfriend, J-Lo, no doubt. And he was so excited to be out and about again. He opened up to host Jeremy Parsons about the pandemic's toll on not just him, but his kids. Take a listen. Human beings want to be connected to each other. Yeah. They want to be in communities. They want to have connection. And so this, I think I can see it in my children in particular, you know, my kids is... Um, you know, like, they want to get back to normal. Their, their childhood is forever and indelibly marked by this period, this sure. pandemic. Like, don't forget it. I never thought in my life I would see anything more powerful and kind of significant in terms of world events than 9-11. Seriously. And now that we're on the topic of the pandemic, let's dig in here because there are some major updates, both in the news and in the science that we should get into today. For one, there is the chaos going on with Southwest Airlines, which was forced to cancel 2,000 flights over the weekend, due in part to limited staffing. Many online have said this may be a result of Southwest's recent employee vaccine mandate and not enough employees complying and getting vaccinated. But at least the pilots union says that's not true and not the case for them. Well, there are so many new questions floating around out there about COVID, the vaccines, and all of it. So I am excited to welcome back People Every Day's favorite doctor, infectious disease expert, Dr. William Schaffner. Hi, Dr. Schaffner. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Good to be with you. Nice, nice. Well, we have a lot to talk about today and not a ton of time. So I want to jump right in with one of the latest headlines, and that's that Pfizer has asked the FDA to authorize emergency use of their COVID vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. So how soon can we see a ruling for kids? I think we'll probably see that within the next month because the FDA is intent on reviewing these data just as quickly as possible. And then when that that happens, the CDC's advisory committee will meet almost literally the next day and give out recommendations as to who should get it and when. Wow. And so do you think the FDA is likely to rule that children get the vaccine? Oh, I think you can tell by the tone in my voice. Yes, I think this is going to be positive, And I think we will hear fairly quickly, as I said, that children in that age group can be added to the age 12 and up for which vaccines currently are uh, approved. And we'll see parents grabbing lots of little children by the ear and bringing them into the doctor to be vaccinated. 
Absolutely. And for those who might be wondering, what was the delay in this? Um, Why weren't they added to that older group? Just, you know, so they can get an understanding. Sure. And it's very important, Janine, that they that everybody recognizes, first of all, you can't do everything at once. And so vaccines were first put in trials to see whether they worked and how safe they were in older persons, because that was the segment of the population most severely affected initially. Mm -hmm. And then we worked our way down the age ladder, 12 and up, and now we're down to 5 through 11. Got it. Got it. So, so we've also seen a lot of reporting about booster shots. The FDA has authorized booster shots of the Pfizer vaccine for people with compromised immune systems and adults over 65. So what about Moderna and Johnson & Johnson? Is Pfizer any less effective than the other two? Actually, Moderna and the J&J people have now submitted their data to the Food and Drug Administration, and it's my understanding that actually the Food and Drug Administration will convene its external advisory committee to deal with those companies' boosters, Moderna's and J&J. So I think fairly soon... Everyone who's been vaccinated will have kind of recommendations for when they will be eligible for booster inoculations. Got it. Got it. And so is this what the foreseeable future will look like around every six to eight months, are are you thinking or feeling? <laughs> well, it may well be that we need boosters in the future, but my crystal ball is a little bit cloudy about the interval. It's actually hoped that these boosters will give us rather prolonged protection, but we'll have to see that. And of course, in the meantime, we should remember we're just starting influenza vaccination season. That's another vaccine that we should be getting. Everyone six months and older, now's the time to get your flu shot, everybody. Next up, Dr. Schaffner takes some of your burning questions. Stay tuned. everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam where you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. I am back now with infectious disease expert Dr. William Schaffner discussing all things COVID-19. So, Dr. Schaffner, we're also seeing some reporting about this Merck pill and a push for at-home rapid tests. So what can you tell us about those and how they'll help curb the virus numbers? So the Merck pill is designed, if you've gotten infected, you could take these pills for five days, and that will reduce the risk that your infection will become severe. It will help 
prevent hospitalization. That's great because at the moment we have to give people monoclonal antibodies for doing that and they have to be injected. So that's much more elaborate. We could possibly have these pills ready to be dispensed at any pharmacy. So that would make it much more accessible to everyone. And the other thing you were talking about is more ready testing. Yeah. Could we have tests widely distributed? So as in Europe, if you think you've become exposed or you've developed symptoms, you can run in and get yourself tested very, very quickly and cheaply. We sure need that. Yeah. And I think testing going forward will be much more common. For sure. So altogether, it seems like by the holidays, we'll have a lot of tools in our toolbox. And we've seen the numbers dropping, right? So do you think we've turned a corner? I'm almost scared to ask this. Well, I'm almost scared to answer, but I am optimistic, cautiously. Yes, cases are going down. The proportion of people positive in tests is going down. And we anticipate that deaths also will be going down very very, very shortly. Now, there are kind of two Americas out there. There are the states that are really well vaccinated. And then there are states such as mine in Tennessee, which is much less well vaccinated. And I'm concerned that COVID will hang up at a higher level in the less vaccinated states. We'll have to see how that works out. Absolutely. Well, we did a call out to people staff and selected a few Ask the Doc questions. So I'm going to play a few for you to answer now. Let's take a listen to the first one. If my child is vaccinated and he wants to have a play date with a friend who's vaccinated, can they now safely be inside without masks? The current CDC recommendation is that even if you're vaccinated, if you're inside and you have close personal contact with Usually groups of people, you should wear your mask. But I think in a circumstance such as this person describes, where they're having a play date with one other person and they're both vaccinated, I think they can take off their masks. Nice. And here is another question. One question I have about the vaccine for children is what are the you know, immediate side effects? Like sort of how with the adult vaccine, you would feel fatigue and fever and things like that post, you know, second dose. Do we expect it to be similar for children? We do expect it to be similar for children. I haven't seen the complete data set yet, but the earlier announcements suggest that the protection is as good as with older children, adolescents, and young adults, and the side effects are about the same. Yep a bunch of sore arms, and some children feeling kind of puny for a day or two. But that's transient, and it's a small price to pay in order to get protection against COVID. That was Vanderbilt University's infectious disease professor, Dr. William Schaffner, on the latest COVID-19 updates. For more on this story, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. To celebrate International Day of the Girl today, I'm excited to highlight an incredible 18-year-old baker who is using her passion for food to make a difference. Sahana Vidge learned her way around the kitchen by watching her parents. And at age five, she began cooking for a shelter alongside her mom in their hometown of Red 
Edmond, Washington. The duo also savored those moments by sitting down and eating every meal with the families they cooked for. It was then that Sahana became inspired to cook for others and share her favorite dessert recipes along the way. So fast forward to now, she is the author of her first cookbook, Bake Away, that features 20 yummy desserts. And the sweetest part, she isn't collecting any money from it. 100% of the proceeds are going directly to the No Kid Hungry nonprofit organization. Here's why she's choosing to give rather than receive. Donating the proceeds to people that really need it is a lot more rewarding than keeping the proceeds for myself, especially since there's so many kids that don't have access to free or low income school and summer meals. So awesome. Sahana just began her freshman year at UC Irvine, and she's already got the makings of a great humanitarian. Well, I will talk to you guys tomorrow.